So, it is Friday night. This is the Rust Belt Blues Podcast. Girlfriends out for the evening edition. I always have in the past done a podcast when my girlfriend is gone for the evening. Tonight, she is uh, seeing the Lion King off-Broadway play at the Rochester Broadway Theater League Auditorium Center. Uh, Her father got the family tickets for Christmas. Uh, Front row. Pretty pretty nice seats. So she's uh, out doing that, and I'm alone at home. Uh, When she is gone on a Friday night, I am allowed to uh, drink beverages of an alcoholic nature. So I uh, have one natty. Daddy in me, that is the beer of choice. Uh, I have cracked my second, and we are going to podcast because that's what I do uh, on nights the girlfriend is gone. So, welcome to the extra uh, edition of the Rust Belt Blues podcast here, Friday night. And uh, let's see what we can get into. So, again, uh, I'm working with the best audio equipment I can at this time, so I do apologize for any uh, ambient noises, you know, I'm pretty sure a cat will bother me at some point. Uh, this is the second uh, second time I'm recording today. Uh, earlier today I'd recapped uh, my Christmas episode, which uh, incorporated some other stuff uh, from early childhood and whatnot, so, uh, I, I don't know, so uh, I'm feeling alright, took a nap after that, smoked a little weed, got a couple, uh, got a beer in me, gonna have a second beer in me, the Natty Daddy, uh, I got a affinity for those when I lived outside on the streets, um, I spent eight years out, out living on the streets, so I, I, I don't know, I was thinking this afternoon a lot about stuff. And, uh, since we started, uh, I guess this new, uh, iteration of my, uh, my podcast here, my little corner of podcast land, um, I guess I should, uh, keep going with, you know, what makes me me, I guess. I don't know. A lot of people have told me I, uh, I should write a book about my experiences. I find myself very... Uh, I don't know, uninteresting, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I don't know, I don't ever want to be famous, so that might be part of it too, so, I li- and plus I like audio better, I always have, uh, I'll get more into that, uh, probably do an episode of like, uh, uh, why I podcast and stuff like that, I will be taking pauses to keep drinking my Natty Daddy, uh, that's just part of my podcasts. So, well, let's see here, uh, I discussed, you know, a lot of my childhood, uh, you know, and a, a lot of time was spent in front of the TV when I was a kid, uh, my parents were, um, I don't know, they worked a lot, uh, and at, I forget how old I was, but they, I, I was, must have been in, uh, elementary school, but they had built an addition on the house to, uh, create an office, office space, and they used to come home from work, and we'd eat dinner, and, uh, they'd retire to their office and, and do more work, 
And, you know, I, I got this will work out for them if, you know, they're career-oriented folk. And uh, in that aspect, they're very successful uh, individuals. Uh, my dad's a chief financial officer. My mother just retired as the superintendent of a school district. Um, yes, I, I, yes I, I understand the irony. Uh, you know, so they were, they were working, work, work career-oriented folk. That was the most, uh, important, important thing it seems to them. So, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time watching TV. And my mom, being an educator, uh, thankfully instilled a love of reading in me. And I was, uh, fairly smart. I'm, I guess I still am. Uh. So I, I read a, at an advanced, a very advanced uh, level for my age. Uh, in, in like the sixth grade, I was reading at like a college level. So I, I read a lot of books. I loved, I loved to read, and I, uh, I had the capacity to read a lot, and uh, you know more advanced books than most of the kids my age were reading. So I used to like, you know, I got into a lot of war history as a child, so, and uh, my dad was a banker uh, for a while when I was a kid before he got laid off and became uh, the director of the local uh, senior citizen nonprofit food delivery program. So, you know, uh, finances was always, a, finance was a hobby of mine, as was uh, economics. So, so at a very young age, I, I you know, I realized, um, you know, the American dreams a, lo a lot of bullshit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of suffering in the world. A lot, a lot of good people suffer for no reason. Um, you know, that's just that's just the way of life. This was before like you know Twitter and the. This was actually I think before the internet. Uh, it was right around the start of the internet. We had we used to have internet. It was it was a service called Prodigy, the old dial-up kind where you know you couldn't use the phone. Your mom was on the internet and uh, you couldn't you know you couldn't even pick up the phone back in those days because it might kick kick the inter person on the internet off, uh, and it gave you a horrible screeching noise in your ear. So you know that, that was interesting. But so I I learned all this through books in the library. Uh, and, and, you know, and I didn't understand, you know, so a lot went on with that kid. I, I grew up in the 90s. I was born in 1985. So, you know, it was a, a interesting time. I mean, I remember, like, OJ, the OJ trial. I, I had no idea what was honestly going on at the time. Um, I was in, like, the, the fourth or fifth grade. I don't even remember. But I do remember we watched the verdict in, in class. They wheeled the TV in. Um... But yeah, I, I had no clue about about that. Um, I remember some talk about the Clinton impeachment. You know, uh, September 11th was was a, a memorable experience. I guess it was for everyone at, uh, at, who was around at the time. I guess I don't know. I was uh, in high school. Um, it was his junior year. Yep, junior year must have been junior year. Started junior year and. Um, you know, uh, I remember the George Bush election, my, t my history teacher, uh, talking about that. I, I had no idea what the fuck's going on. You know, I don't really understand 
at the time, you know. And I honestly, I still I haven't researched that that topic enough. But, you know, there's a lot of things happened and and you know. So, but anyway, the 90s was, was a crazy time. So, you know, I realized that back then it was uh you know, American Dream was kind of a con job. Uh the world was a rough place. Uh I don't even remember. I was uh, very young when I realized money money was like, you know, kind of illusion or illusionary I understand I understood like central banks and 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 fiscal policy at a young age so so I realized you know I don't want to spend I don't want to spend my life work working uh you know making someone else rich off the fruit of my labors I I you know I, and I really had a problem with that and and I definitely you know I was not motivated, and I, and I had no desire to do anything, you know, I wasn't motivated to be anything, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be rich, I didn't want to be famous, played in a band in, in like, 10th grade, but, you know, it, it was just because my idiot friend needed a gu guitar player, I didn't want to be a rock star, uh, honestly, I just wanted to do hood shit, uh, I found, you know, I always, I always caused trouble when I was younger, and, and, you know, I was just a troublemaker, so, um, that's what I did, I used to tell people when they'd ask me what I was doing after high school, I'd tell, I'd tell them I was gonna, I was gonna retire, and, uh, wear a light blue leisure suit, and, uh, do drugs, so, that's basically kind of what I did, um, you know, it kind of, it, it worked out interestingly, uh, and, 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 you know, I never really was able to hold a job, even when I wanted to, uh, you know, I don't, I have a low tolerance for bullshit, and, uh, unfortunately, I have, uh, basically only worked in restaurants, so, food service is, is if I want a job, is the only place I can pretty much get one, and, you know, there's a lot of bullshit that goes with that, I'll cover that, it's a whole topic, for a whole episode of its own, but so you know, uh, I got kicked out of the house when I was nineteen. I, I had been working at the gas station. I remember that. Eighteen. Uh, I wasn't working there anymore, and I got kicked out. I'd lost my car. I had traffic tickets. My license got suspended. It was you know, it was just a weird spot in my life. I was young. Didn't really have a plan because I didn't really want to do anything, and it's still, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have very, I don't desire or aspire much. So, uh, I, you know, I had a, a friend's house when I was 19. Uh, I ended up getting a little handy with a girl who ended up being 16 when I, you know, so I'm 19, and I don't know. Anyway, that be, that became a whole thing, and that's how I got on probation, and that that. That kind of changed things too, and that was a major uh, life-changing event for me. Uh, that whole arrest, the subsequent charges, uh, you know, dealing with the legal system to get through that, then getting put on probation, and then uh, that whole shit show. So I was like 19 when I when that all went down. Uh, my parents. Told me a lie to get me out of the house. Uh, my dad handed me the newspaper one day and, and said, because uh, I had been charged with a uh, uh, felony sexual abuse in the first degree, 
um, which was uh, even at the time I understood was was an over overreach charge. You know, that's a. Uh, and and since then, reading the news, it, it's it was just it was a gross overcharge. You know, if if you if if uh, if you as a grown man, you know, if I if I right now, you know, did some nasty stuff with a three-year-old that's what i get charged with now mind you i'm 19 and i grabbed some girl's tit over the clothes you know it was a it was a i don't even know i wanted to just believe everything happens for a reason so but it was not a fun time in my life my dad handed me the newspaper and gave me a budget and told me to find an apartment because since i was 19 um in new york state your parents have to provide food shelter and clothing up until the age of, uh, and through the age of 21. Or maybe it's just, two, I don't, I think it's through the age, I think it was through the age of 21. I'm not too, really sure. But so, uh, I found an apartment, um, in around quite near, uh, the city. It was like, uh, two blocks away. Sorry, that was a beer pause. Um. So it's not like the good side of Culver Road, but Culver Road's kind of like the dividing line um, to the west is not the greatest neighborhoods, and then to the east is the nicer suburban part, and then that leads up into the actual suburb of Rondequite. So I, had, I lived over there. Um, at the time, I was working at Taco Bell, but I ended up losing that job because it was incredibly hard to bus all the way back to, to Penfield from across the city, it was expensive, and I worked a closing shift, so I, you know, if I had to make the bus otherwise, um, the one bus otherwise, that was it, I, I would have to walk back from, uh, Penfield, and that, that was a, uh, I actually did end up having to make that walk on other occasions, but that was, that's a, that's an incredibly long walk, um, it's like, you know, good two, two and a half, three hours of just straight walking, um, so I ended up, and, 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 you know, when I was, I got dumped in this apartment, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to fucking read a bus schedule, I think my dad got me, like, a one-month bus pass, and it's pretty much, like, good luck, um, so at the time I had, uh, gotten arrested for the charge, I was, uh, looking to enlist in the army, so I was, uh, every weekend I was going out, and, uh, with the, the recruiters would run a program, and I was trying to get in shape when that all went down. But anyway, so I had met a kid through that that I still hung out with after uh, the arrest and through all that and uh, through through getting kicked out of my house. And I actually got to hang out with him more uh, after I had gotten kicked out of my house because he lived in the city. And when I lived in Penfield, you know, I, I wasn't driving. I didn't even know how to take, I didn't, I don't even know if the bus existed at that point, but so, you know, I wasn't going to the city to hang out with him, so I'd see him at the, the drills on the weekends, uh, but so I moved out there, and I remember calling him up and telling him I was in the city, and you know, or near the city, and I could, uh, we could hang out more, so we started hanging out, his name was Eunice, and, uh, he was an interesting fellow, it turned out, uh, you know, so, I, uh, what was I, 19 at the time, so back when I was younger, uh, there was a story in the news about, about a, a dad who had ended up, uh, 
for whatever reason, murdering his wife and uh, one son, and he was killing his little daughter when his uh, third, the second son came upon, you know, and came upon it and stopped it. But but Eunice ended up being like that that guy. So um, it was it was interesting because I never really hung out with people like too much before that, and definitely definitely not in the city, and definitely you know. I have my own place, so I can do basically whatever the fuck I want. You know, I, I hung out with kids in high school a little bit. I should get, uh, get into that on a different episode. But, you know, I, I, I had only had a couple of friends up until then. Uh, and and that never really worked out well, I guess. Yeah, my one friend, Craig, you know, he, would, he lived around the corner, actually, when I, when I moved around quite... Um, But that that didn't work out well. Uh, but that's a whole that kid's a whole that you know uh, my interaction with that kid are a whole different story. Not not just at the end, but all together. That that's an insane tale in in and of itself. But so uh, Eunice and I started hanging out, and uh, he he hung out, he worked at the Delta Sonic around the corner. He lived on Alexander Street in the city. Uh, by University, in between East Avenue and University Avenue. Um, so, uh, well, I don't know. So, you know, he worked at Delta Sonic, and he, he knew a couple people from there. So, you know, we, we had a, we had get together, you know, hung, hang, we hung out, and eventually, through, through Eunice, I met uh, two people who I spent, ended up spending a, a great deal of time with. Even after Eunice left, um, uh, named Phil and uh, Mike. Uh, funny, funny story with the Mike kid. Uh, we got, we ended up getting really close. That's a whole episode in and of itself. But the first time I met him, I uh, ended up hanging him off a balcony by his ankles because he was like that, that fucking annoying. Uh, and then Phil was an interesting character himself. Uh, he ended up crashing at my uh, apartment for a while. Because his parents had kicked him out, or I don't even know the story. Uh, but yeah, so I let him crash in my in the little studio, studio apartment I had. So you know, with with Mike, I uh, he sold weed, and uh, I ended up starting to hang out with him. He asked me to. Uh, he was he was small and skinny, and you know I was fairly large, and um, always down to fight. You know. Never not, not ready. And I'm, and I'm not someone who claims they've won every fight they've ever been in. Anyone who claims that is lying, and probably can't actually fight. But you know, I was always ready to go, whether I lost or won. Didn't really care. Uh, growing up, the way I did, not you know, I I still I have not yet to find a, an adult who can hit me as hard as my mom used to. So. That's how I started hanging out with that kid, and then you know, it just evol- a lot, a lot happened. It was it evolved, you know, my life uh, evolved, evolved. I don't even know. But so I got put on probation, and that introduced me to uh, the world of rehab and and drugs. So you know, I drank a, a Genesee cream ale the night I uh, f- fondled that titty. So. Um, I had to go to some alcohol and, and, and drug evaluation uh, and, at a place I didn't even know. 
called Evelyn Brandon uh, at 81 Lake Avenue. I remember the address because I had to tell the bus driver because I didn't know uh, where, where the hell to get off the bus even. I had to have the bus driver let me know uh, where to go. Uh, sorry, beer pause. Because, uh, pro you know, probation has set that appointment up for me. So, uh, you know, that was, it was all new to me. Uh, I, as far as I, all I knew about, uh, drug and alcohol abuse really was, um, my aunt Juanita was an alcoholic, and that's about it. I didn't really know much. I knew I was destined... Or at least I didn't know. I felt like I was destined to become uh, a drug addict. Uh, my, you know, my birth mother was uh, was a heroin addict, and uh, you know, I was very young when I had my first using dream. You know, very very young, like elementary school, late elementary school, like fifth or sixth grade, honestly. So started drinking when I was like 14, but so, started smoking a lot of weed with, uh, hanging out with this Mike kid, and then, uh, you know, I, uh, because, you know, legal, legal things take a long time to work out, so by the time I had, like, gotten sentenced, and, and sent to probation, and met a probation officer, and went to this evaluation, you know, I think over a year had, had gone by since I got kicked out of my house, because I got kicked out fairly soon, or fairly close to the time I was arrested, I want to say within a month, and, uh, then, then, at, you know, after all that, it took, it still took, like, a year after that, so I moved out in February, I, I remember that much, I think in, like, October, was when things, uh, ended up getting settled, and then by the time I was on probation, uh, you know, it was November, by the time I got an appointment, it was, it ended up being January, like, 2nd, uh, I ended up getting this drug and alcohol evaluation appointment, so now in the interim of this, uh, getting kicked out in this drug and alcohol evaluation appointment, uh, I honestly forget even how, but I ran into the, the, the first girl I ever, uh, seriously dated and, and had sex with, uh, Danielle, and, her uh, husband at the time was uh, off at boot camp. He had just left for boot camp. And she had lived not too far of a walk uh, from my apartment. And she would pick me up. And I had kept weird late hours. And she kept weird late hours. And we, and we had always been friendly, you know. It, 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 you know, we were six, six, I was 16 or, you know, she was like eight, 17. And then she turned 18 and went to college. So, you know, it was nothing... We just, you know, different phases of life. So I never really had hostility f towards her. Uh, she'll pop up again. Uh, so we used to h hang out. But so anyway, I went to her house for for a New Year's Eve shindig. Um, ended up getting, like, a, super way too drunk. I was uh, taking double shots, uh, thinking they were single shots. So, uh, But I ended, up, I ended up taking, like, some Vicodin that night. So, on the 2nd of January, I had this drug and alcohol evaluation, and, um, now mind you, I'm 19, I've smoked, smoked pot, like, like a, like a, you know, a Rastafarian, 
But uh, that was about it. I tried cocaine a couple times. Uh, and, and, you know, I could drink like a fish. Well, what 19-year-old, you know, that's, that's basically normal fare for, you know, 19-year-old kids in America who aren't going to college. I, uh, you know, and in hindsight, I really, I don't know. I honestly don't know how to feel about the whole situation that, that arose from, from this meeting. But anyway, so, so the drug and alcohol uh, evaluator determines that I, I need to come to classes or I got to go to rehab is what it boils down to. And, um, I'm on probation, so I don't have an option of not going. The other option is uh, is jail. And at that time, you know, I, I didn't know how to do jail time when I was 19. Uh, most 19-year-olds don't. Uh, I've been to jail once for about a month. Um, it's funny, because I was dating the girl I'm currently dating now, and she... Ended up, we ended up breaking up afterwards because she moved on in the month I was in there or whatever, however long I was there. We get a good chuckle. Well, at least I get a good chuckle about that these days. But so, I'm on probation and I have to go to rehab at this Evelyn Brandon place. And Evelyn Brandon is, uh, I, I would say hood adjacent. We, we can say that, right? You know, it's uh, over by Lyle Ave, which is like, you know, Crack and Prostitute Central, and and I, it was so long ago, um, they didn't even have, like, an adolescent program, so I'm 19, they had, like, a junior program, or, no, they did have the adolescent program, what they didn't have was a, like, a young adult program, so if you were over 18, you got stuck in a, in a normal, uh, normal group, quote-unquote, but anyway, so what ended up happening was I'm 19, you know, I'm from Penfield, I, I live in a, uh, you know the city, city buffer, city. You know, some weird part. I'm. Mean, I don't live in, in the middle of the ghetto or anything at this point. You know, I've I've done coke a few times. It, I'm nothing serious. Like popping e like a motherfucker, but you know that was the time. Those were the times. Uh, you know, everyone did it, uh, or at least everyone I was surrounded with. So I didn't feel like I was at a point in my life where I maybe needed to be in a room with like individuals with problems like that but so what ended up happening is I'm, I'm 19 and I'm in a room with uh, you know a bunch of 40 50 year old men uh, mostly black all from the city a lot of them are on parole uh, they all smoke crack and shoot heroin uh, or, or drink I remember there was one a guy used to drink like a fucking 30 rack a night or something uh, but anyway, so, and then, and then there's little old me, so, it, it's, you know, and I, I didn't, I ended up not talking for, I don't even, for, like, the first three fucking weeks I was in that room. I didn't talk so much, that they had to, like, make me sign a contract, and they, they always, uh, the, then the counselor, Colleen, never, never forget that, that lady, horrible, you know, not the best, I want to say horrible, but she wasn't the best, um, would dedicate the last two minutes of every group, and I'd have to talk for two minutes, because cause I just I would just sit there and say jack shit, um, and I hate I hated it. I didn't I didn't have anything to say. I didn't know why I was there. I, I was just I mean I was there to keep my ass out of jail, but I I didn't think I you know 
I didn't think I needed. I didn't think I needed to be there. And, and I, you know, I had first time I I got kicked out. Uh, because I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, and, and you know, even to this day, I don't. I I know I'm not an alcoholic. I'm I'm many things, but uh, I'm not I'm not that. And then, uh, you know, I I had a I had a fairly long and tumultuous relationship with uh, Evelyn Brandon. Uh, I had a, I had a handful of counselors, but so that was like my my introduction to rehab. Um, you know, and, and that's a whole, that's a whole different episode, if not a multiple, multiple episode podcast, rehab's very intricate and complicated, and, uh, but so, you know, I started going to rehab when I was 19, and I didn't, I didn't end up graduating, uh, until I was 32, (laughs) I mean, I didn't go all that whole time straight, but, you know, I never completed a program of the, like, you know, I've been inpatient, I think I counted, like, eight or nine times, outpatient programs, at least, like, 15, uh, and, I, and I've graduated from, from, from an inpatient program once, uh, one of the nine times I graduated from an inpatient program, and, uh, one of the, like, 15 times that I did outpatient no, there was two. There was two times I graduated. The first time I was I graduated, I was still on probation, but uh, I had to call within a week to get back in because I smoked weed that weekend, and of course I got drug tested, and uh, it came back dirty, so I had to call the counselor and go back. Um, but but you know I, I learned I don't know I had a, a lot of different interactions. Um. I got stuck in a lot of programs, like I was in mental health programs, I was in drug and alcohol abuse programs, or dependency programs, I should say. Um, I was in combined programs, uh, back then they were called MICA programs, mentally ill, chemically addicted. Um, I don't even, I did that for so, so long, you know, I was on probation for three years. Uh, and then it was, you know, my welfare, my, my welfare, my DSS, which is, a another podcast episode was tied in to rehab because I had started go, you know, it, it was a whole thing and I ended up floating around rehabs and shit. And then that's how I ended up homeless was, uh, I got sanctioned cause I fucked up a rehab with it. And, and that means, I don't know. I think they changed the rules, but back when I got when I first got sanctioned and became homeless, what what happened when you got sanctioned is they cut everything off, so you didn't get insurance, you didn't get food stamps, you didn't get any housing assistance, you didn't they wouldn't help you with shit for however many days um, you were sanctioned, and so I ended up and I ended up sleeping on a on a park bench because of that. Uh, and, and you know I'm not trying to blame DSS. Don't think that I am. Uh, I, I I am the person who uh, who got sanctioned, whose actions led to the sanction. And uh, ended up sleeping outside. But you know, so I've had, and then I ended up just doing that. I was sick of the up and down, the roller coaster of. Housing, couch surfing, 
And then, you know, for a while, you know, I've been couch surfing for, for a year by the time that, that, that DSS shit had happened, really. And, and it I don't, I don't even know, man. It was, you know, and that, and that started eight years of homelessness. Uh, uh, and legit, like, sleeping on park, I used to sleep on, on park benches, uh, there used to be bus stops in, on Main Street in Rochester, that, and they were heated. And, you know, I slept outside in the winter, and, you know, a lot of the times in the wintertime, if it was raining, I'd use the bus shelters. Uh, I first started sleeping on a bench at Liberty Pole. Uh, slept in parks, tents by the highway. I, I'd, uh, you know, for a while I stuck to myself, but, you know, I started... You know, I know people in the homeless community, but I, I don't know. And that's who I became. I became a homeless bum for almost a decade, and that's what I did. Uh, you know, and that's a long, lengthy topic in and of itself. But, you know, I um, what ended up, ended up happening is in, uh, in 2016, I, I overdosed. Um, and I, I came incredibly close to dying. And I wasn't sad or anything about it. Uh, I, was, I opened my eyes in the back of the ambulance and just realized I wasn't, I wasn't gonna die anytime soon. So I better uh, figure out what kind of life I want to live. And uh, you know, so I started trying to clean myself up. And uh, you know, that was. You know, going on, uh, you know, three years now. I've been trying this, and the last about, I don't know, a little over a year. Uh, so September 2018 is uh, when I uh, left my girlfriend, my longtime girlfriend at the time. Because uh, that was a toxic shit show in and of itself. And uh, I, we, my girlfriend and I ended up falling into this relationship. My current girlfriend and I, we know we didn't plan this. Well, I kind of did, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I planned all this honestly. So, but now I, here I am, and I, and I'm living, I'm living the dream. Uh, and it took a lot to get get to where I'm at today. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that anyone doing or putting themselves what I, uh, I put myself through. But these are all topics we're going to explore in the podcast. Um, it's a tradition that I do a evening podcast on, on uh, nights my girlfriend has shit to do, which isn't very often. So you know they're kind of special uh, episodes. Or I kind of just turn her on, record, and ramble, and I have no uh, no set plan or path or anything. Free association podcasting. So, I don't know. I'm going to go back to watching TV, uh, scrolling my Twitter, all that good shit. And uh, just being really incredibly appreciative of uh, where my life's at right now. Especially... Uh, that Christmas uh, Day incident 
dredged up a lot of memories, and I'm glad that I'm I'm in a spot now in my life where where that that you know Chris that that shit that kind of shit used to have me go out on all sorts of binges. I I would immediately leave and just go do a shit ton of drugs, take my my two hundred dollars and and just buy buy as much much as I could. Um, and I'm glad I I'm I don't do that this time. Yeah, I got a little little drunk, and I had a you know half pint of gin that night. But you know, I didn't go smoke twenty bags of crack or anything. So I didn't shoot up twenty bags of dope. And I didn't, I didn't buy you know uh, ten bags of K two. I I didn't buy you know twenty bags of weed. I didn't I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, a whole lot that I usually used to do. Because that's not what I, I want to do with myself anymore. But it, it just made me very grateful uh, of where I'm at. And that I, I don't feel the need to do that. And, you know, it's just amazing. It's just, it's just so cool that that's where I'm at these days. Um, so, yeah. These things are usually kind of short. Because I don't have a topic. So I have nothing to... Uh, talk about so uh that's the uh extracurricular podcast for uh friday night and uh i don't don't podcast on the weekends i uh spend that time with my girlfriend so monday i'll be talking to you to the podcast land out on monday so have a good weekend people stay safe